Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. Ah, my name is Andy Dawson. Mine is Sam Delaney. You probably know that already because you're all regular listeners, yeah? Right? Unless you're, you're unless they're new listeners. If, we, if they're all regulars, that means we've hit the plateau. Oh, And yeah. you said, you said, you, you're an the deck that you presented to me this morning, <laughs> that PowerPoint you did. Oh, fuck. In the in the conference yeah. room with the the sloping the yeah you said the there was line. an upward trajectory yeah. that you didn't predict could ever be stopped yeah we were going to do this forever you said we would be millionaires eventually we were on the race to space mountain yeah. I didn't know what that meant I took it to being one of your business terms because I know you did that MBA by mail welcome new listeners <laughs> to Top Flight Time Machine um, this episode we're doing two thousand and four two thousand and five. Let's begin at the beginning mm. in the, the pre-season period. Off the pitch at the FA. Uh, where's the FA? Is it Lancaster Gate? Uh, I think it had moved oh, to Soho, Soho Square. Square by this stage, yeah. They jazzed it up. They've gone they? a Soho little Square. bit cool, yeah. A little bit Britpop. <laughs> um, Faria Aslam, Sven-Goran Eriksson, Mark Palios, Sex Triangle. And of course, Faria Aslam lost her job. Mark Palios resigned. And Sven just kept on shagging. Could not stop. And he is so unapologetic. Yeah, I am, yeah. Fucking hell. Well, we've had quite a long day of it already, mate. Yeah, we've just been doing three hours on TalkSport, haven't Mm. we? So she was getting Very exhausting. Um, Don't, yeah, don't read anything into the yawns. I'm really into talking about this because I've read Sven's autobiography, as I've mentioned many times before, and he is so unapologetic about him shagging Faria Aslam. Yeah. And, unapologetic and he's not when was Sven ever apologetic yeah, he about just shagging could anyone? not give a fuck and Peter Crouch says the same in his book as well about his time managing England he's just like he said he, the, the camp the England camp was so often surrounded by the gossip and scandal um, regarding Sven's hmm. various like affairs, and he said that Sven, like you, ne- he just genuinely it wasn't an act. He just said he would that sometimes they'd bring it up in meetings, and he'd just go, "You're all mad." He said, "Everyone in this country is mad. Like, who gives a shit about yeah. any of this stuff? It's just amusing to me." I'm Swedish. This is what we do. He's just shagging. I'm shagging non-stop. someone now. Where are they? Yeah, exactly. You can't see, <laughs> tell. but I am. I'm shagging a ghost, and so is Todd. <laughs> Yeah, he's not even here either. Yeah. Apparently, Tord used to play an accordion for them. Sven would have him entertain them in the hotel. <laughs> really? For real, yeah. Supergrip. At Baden Baden, Supergrip would get out his accordion at Sven's behest, and they would all expect to watch him play it in the evening. And that's why they were all like, fuck this, we're going into town. In national retirement. Yeah. And there's that bit in Diddy Haman's autobiography as well, where Sven is the, is the Manchester City manager and Haman's playing and uh, sitting around a pool or something must be a pre-season thing and uh, Sven comes out with a bottle of champagne at 11am and pours, <laughs> a, pours a glass for himself and one for Haman and Haman says um, what are we celebrating and uh, Sven goes life Kaiser life <laughs> 
My God. You've what, got to admire him. Yeah, you've got to admire him. What a great attitude he's got to life. The life that man has led. Yeah. Better than ours. Um, miles better. I was sat here in a fucking dingy studio. Talking Where's about our it? champagne? You've got half a bottle of water. Boots water. I'm I'm parched. I don't even drink alcohol. Well, you're not getting any of me water. I mean, God. Yeah. Anyway, that was off the off the pitch. Also at Chelsea, enter Jose Mourinho mm. into the English game at Chelsea, brought in by um, Roman Abramovich and all his money. And I think Mourinho just won the Champions League with Porto that summer. Yes, he had, uh, and he was he was helicoptered in, uh, <laughs> given a massive wheelbarrow full of money. Yeah, he signed Didier Drogba, Ricardo Cavallo, Paulo Ferreira, Iron Robin, Thiago, and Petr Cech, all in one summer. Yeah, of course that was Petr Cech before he got his sex hat. A few yeah, years later. Yeah, it was the last time he saw his hat. It was very much like the sort of Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader transformation, mm. where he had the the mask and the hat put on. You, you do know that that hat has got nothing to do with protecting his head. It's a fetish thing. Yeah, good. Just checking. Mm. Up the street at Liverpool, uh, Rafa Benitez came in, and if you look at the footage of the time, he's very slim. Yeah, he's you forget. You young, forget how slim he was. Yeah. Because the, 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 they always come fat Spanish fat waiter, Spanish but he wasn't always he fat. Wasn't. He was a very handsome man back then, 2004. Mm. His first job was to persuade Steven Gerrard not to sign for Chelsea. Do you remember that protracted yes. thing that went on and on and, in and the And all summer? the rumours were that he didn't because he was threatened by the, the Liverpudlian <laughs> underwear. Whoa. Oh, you know who I'm thinking threatened him? My old mate, Charlie, the contract killer. Ah, from the News Thing podcast. Yeah, oh, OK, no ago. one knows what I'm on about. But uh, for those of you who killer. don't listen to News Thing... There was a contract killer from Liverpool called Charlie who once, genuine story, I interviewed for a magazine um, and then afterwards, cut a long story short, he broke into my hotel room that night in Manchester when I was sleeping <laughs> and shouted at me while I was in bed because I'd shaken him off in a bar that yeah. we were drinking in. And uh, and Not deliberately, if you're listening to this, Charlie. No, it was deliberate. So, and he knew it. it? Oh, that's why I went after you. You know the full story of that? We went. We were we were in a bar afterwards in a place called the Living Room in Manchester. Right. And we'd gone up to interview him there, and we were staying the night. And he had to get his train back to Liverpool, but he said he wanted to come for a drink with us, and he couldn't really say no. Mm. Fuck off. But he's like, "You're on expenses, aren't you? Come on, beers are on you." So we walked into this place, and we're at the bar. We've been about fifteen minutes, and I go to my mate, "Hang on, about isn't that like Paul Scholes and Andy Cole at the bar?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I go, what's going on there? And there's a roped-off half of the bar, and behind it, it's the whole Manchester United squad. Right. And it's their Christmas party. And Char- Charlie, the contract killer, spots this. He goes, come on, I'll get us in there. And I said, no, no, you know, it's fine. We don't need to go in there, Charlie. He goes, come on. Goes up the security <laughs> guys. The security guys both know him. Because <laughs> there's these two big meatheads waiting yeah. by the rope. They know him from, presumably, the underworld. And yeah. they go, yeah, come in. He goes, I'm coming in with me, with me mates. And they go, yeah, come on in. Because it wasn't just United players. There was other sort of civilians, mainly right. sexy ladies. And then the contract killer goes over there's a there's quite a lot of sexy ladies there hanging around quite young he's probably about mm, late 50s early 60s right. the contract killer and david beckham's there mm. and we're standing near david beckham and he really casually leans over the thing about contract killers is they've got so much confidence and bravado you kind of have to don't you yeah. really in order to so murder strangers yeah. he, he was literally just there as if nothing could be more natural there was none of those nerves like me and me and the guys I was with there was two other guys and we were you know had that sort of nervy we're not supposed to be and we're waiting for the tap on the shoulder yeah 
and he just was as comfortable as if Blase. it was his own party. It was blase. Nice. And anyway, he lent into David Beckham, and he went, <laughs> "Hey, David." I'm going to go over there and tell those girls that I'm your uncle. So if I wave over, just give us the thumbs up. <laughs> and Beckham goes, yeah, all right, mate, fine. He walks over, starts chatting up these young girls who are about half his age, probably more than half his age. And uh, and he does the old wave. And Beckham gives him the thumbs up back and goes, all right, unk. Like, really nice. And I said to David Beckham, sorry about that, mate. He's a bit, you know, you can't take him anywhere. Just just basically trying to get, have a bit of banter going with David Beckham. David Beckham goes, don't worry, mate. To be honest, I get asked to do that two or three times a night every time I leave the house. <laughs> By contract killers. Yeah. Not, I didn't reveal Charlie's real line of work. I thought no. it was best not to. It's probably obvious, though. Mm. So, there we are. Um, how did we get into that? Rafa Benitez persuaded Steven Gerrard not to sign for Chelsea. He brought in the likes of Luis Garcia, Xabi Alonso and Gibril Cisse mm. to revolutionise things at Anfield. At Spurs, enter Jacques Santini. Yeah. That's all I've got here. I've got that was, else. It was uh, straight after the Euros. I yeah. went to that Euros out in Portugal. Because David Pleat had been running things for a while. And that, obviously, that's not a long-term solution. Yeah, what happened it? was they'd sacked Hoddle midway through last season. Yeah. Pleat had come in as a caretaker. Steadied the ship. And Santini went into the Euros um, as the France manager of mm. a great French team that people expected to win. Mm-hmm. We played them, if you remember, in yeah. that Euros. But ultimately, they failed. And then, But Spurs had already announced that he was their manager. <laughs> and thought, oh, God, I don't know what. Uh, maybe we made the wrong decision. And sure enough, it was. And yeah. I think they brought in Santini, but as his coach, Martin Yell. Was Yell not somewhere else? I was think, Yell not Fulham? I think Yell was the assistant. Oh, no, Yell was the assistant manager to Santini. Right. Santini got sacked quite early on in this season. Well, he... And Yell stepped up. Mm, Santini left for personal reasons, apparently. Yeah, yeah. But th- it's rumoured that he just didn't get along with Frank Arneson, who was the sporting director or director That's of football it. or whatever. And so they already had Martin Yell as the first team coach, right. who'd been another big acquisition to support yeah. Santini. And so they had the ready-made replacement. That's true. You're mm. right. You're absolutely right. I remember... I remember it well because I remember being in a in the back of a taxi uh, going back to my f- flat on the afternoon it happened with my wife and he had the radio on in the front, the, the cabbie, mm. and um, he was obviously a Spurs fan and I can hear someone talking about Tottenham and I say, mate, can you turn it up? And he turns it up a bit and I go, what's that they're saying about Tottenham? And they go, Santini's left. And what was funny was Spurs were just lurching from one crisis to another at the yeah. time because they'd got Hoddle, they'd sacked Hoddle, they'd got Pleat, they'd sacked Pleat, yeah. they'd got Santini, the season was barely halfway through and they got rid of him. And I have pissed myself laughing in this cab because it was just, <laughs> as, a, as a West Ham man, it was just like so funny. Yeah. And he said, all right, you can get out here. <laughs> Luckily, I was only one street from, I was very close to my house. Oh, and my wife was really pissed off. I said, oh, it doesn't matter. He goes, go on, get out here. And I've just paid him and got out. He just threw me out of his taxi for laughing. <laughs> for laughing at his mm. team. For laughing at his laughable team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking hell. Frank Arneson, though, did he just not leave a trail of destruction everywhere where he went? Yeah, he did. He didn't have the balls to actually coach a team himself. He did all that director of football stuff. Bollocks, yeah. And then fell out with whoever was the manager. And that's what happened at Spurs. He managed to cultivate a reputation briefly as a footballing genius. But we've seen a lot of those All come of and go, haven't we? footballers, yeah. Giles Grimondi, he's always yeah. doing it. Sunderland had one for a while. I've forgotten the fucker's mm. name now. Not well, Paul Clement, because he was... Avram Grant was um, 
Avram Grant was originally one of these sort of super bosses, wasn't he? In the background. Yeah. And did he win the Champions League? He was, yeah, Grant. I think he did. He, yeah. he was the one when they won. It's all bollocks, isn't it? No, he didn't win Champions League. He got them to the Champions League against United and lost on penalties. It was Roberto Di Matteo who won the yeah, Champions League. One. He's not a good manager either. It's all bollocks. No. It's just a fucking just throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Michael Owen and Jonathan Woodgate both went to Real Madrid. Um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank went to Middlesbrough. Norwich, West Brom and Crystal Palace were promoted into the Premier League and the Premier League began. This is it! Paul Sturrock sacked after just two matches at Southampton. Of course, Paul Sturrock had come in from Plymouth. Yeah. Where he'd done so a decent job. He got them up to the third division or something. Bit of a bold appointment by Southampton, though. It's a gamble. Yeah. I, I don't think that Rupert Law, who was the Southampton chairman, knew what he was getting. I think he thought he was getting a, a handsome manager. Because mm. I think Rupert Law kind of likes that kind of thing. Where Paul Sturrock turned up looking like he'd just fallen out of a tree with his hair all un- unkempt and grey and a bit overweight because he'd been reviewing restaurants in Plymouth in his spare time. He had, hadn't he? Yeah. And uh, he, he did two games into the season, he'd won one of them, lost the other, and Rupert Law sort of gave him the sack. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Paul, but you're not um, you're not the man who I thought I was employing. I thought I was employing a a handsome man and you you don't appear to be very handsome at all, Paul. So I'll uh, you are have to let you go. Very ugly man, You're Paul a grotesque Stark. man. You're some kind of circus freak. I know I'm I, I know I'm no I'm not the best looking man. I know I'm not gonna you know, I'm I'm hardly George Clooney, but I, I really think I can make a go of it, I've Mr Chairman. Got a good track record and you know, I've got the brains. Oh he's Scottish, yeah. Scottish, yeah. I, got, I think I've got the brains to be able to take Southampton onto the next level. Fuck your brain, Sturrock. It's your face that bothers me, not look, your brain. Look at your cardigan. It has soup on it, Sturrock. You're a mess, man. You're a bloody shower. Get out been, of my sight. Have you been reviewing restaurants again? Well, Your you hair know, is full of crumbs. It's just a hobby, like, uh, I've always liked my food, like, Mr Chairman. And I like to write, you know, I like to, I a creative outlet for me, and I'm not managing a football team. You're Look sickening. at you, you sicken me, Sturrock. You, you sicken me, sickening little worm. Get out of and my so, club. And so Southampton's hunt for a handsome manager continues. Harry Redknapp sounded handsome, and then I saw him, and his face appeared to be like a piece of melting cheese. <laughs> Harry Redknapp didn't come along straight away. Before that, there was the Steve Wigley experiment. Steve Wigley. I'll give the job to Steve Wigley. He has chiselled features. He's a very handsome man. He speaks well. He drives a nice car, which he keeps clean. I believe he hand washes it. I think it's time for Steve Wigley to run things. Steve Wigley has every visitor to his house remove their shoes in the porch area. And his carpets, as a result, are stain-free and nicely scented. I went to a barbecue at Steve Wigley's home in the summer, and he had all of the utensils, and they were all clean. And that is why Steve Wigley will lead Southampton to glory on the South Coast and beyond. Steve Wigley has many different uh, aromas in his bathrooms, (laughs) Um, all of them pine-scented. And he has a towelin, a peach-coloured towelin piss mat around the base of his lavatory. 
and a, a, a beautiful pile of neatly folded towels, pastel colours, in the corner of the bathroom. You can just take one and put it in the basket when you're done. He doesn't care. He washes them regularly. Steve Wigley will take this club forward, and possibly into outer space if need be. <laughs> Where we will discover and breed a whole new beautiful and clean race, much better than any that has ever occupied this rancid earth. Southampton will become the universe's first ever germ-free football club, and then my plans will be complete. Steve Wigley has shaved his pubic hair. He is entirely smooth. You see, that is the only way to be truly clean. Who knows what could possibly lurk within the forest, the jungle of a man's pubic hair. Steve Wiggly will manage this club from his vacuumed office. <laughs> and when I say vacuum, I don't mean clean with a vacuum cleaner. I mean it will exist within a vacuum. Smooth. <laughs> Steve Wiggly will manage it nude at all times. No germs will ever enter his office. No germs will ever infect my Southampton football team. And we will dominate the planet. Planets and beyond. <laughs> and of course, the irony is they got rid of uh, Weekly yeah, in spite so long, of all of Rupert Lowe's dreams. Yeah. And then they replaced him with an uglier, dirtier man in Sturrock. And really, they never really found. The... No, Wiggly came in after Sturrock. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then they, it never, was they never really arrived mm. at the manager that Rupert Lowe dreamt of until they eventually hired um, Alan Pardew, who, of course. <laughs> is exactly what Rupert Lowe was describing there. A man who is beautiful, a man who is hairless, a man who is rigorously hygienic. And that was League One, wasn't it? Mm. (sighs) Right, so uh, we've kind of wasted a bit of time talking about Steve Wigley and uh, Rupert Lowe. This is it! August Premier League. Um, Arsenal. Equaled Nottingham Forest's 42 match unbeaten run record because they carried on from the invincible season yep. right through into the following season. Uh, they beat Arsenal, uh, sorry, they beat Middlesbrough 5 3, and then the week after that they beat Blackburn 3 0. The record was broken and now belonged to the mighty Invincibles of Arsenal. Um, up in the northeast, Bobby Robson was sacked by Newcastle. Outrageous. Bobby Robson. Mm. The crown Sa- prince of. St. Bobby. St. Bobby. Of Toonland, mm. sacked by Freddie Shepherd, the ugly, ugly Newcastle chairman. Oh, can you imagine what it was like for Rupert Lowe having to have the post-match drinks Jesus, in the director's lounge Park. with Freddie Shepherd? Mm. Here he is. Very, very nice to see you again, Mister Mister Shepherd. <laughs> Hello, Rupert. <laughs> Would you like some crab paste? You can eat it out of my hand if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ah, oh, the monster approaches. The Kraken awakes. <laughs> Who was Freddie Shepherd's mate? Douglas Hall, yeah. son of Sir John Hall, who yeah. served Newcastle. And they, yeah, they're they were a right filmed, couple of characters, aren't they? talking about women and Dis- calling yeah. Alan Shearer They Mary were being Poppins. misogynistic and mean about Alan Shearer yeah. as well. You know what I like, Douglas? <laughs> Big tits. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like little tits, Freddie. I'm weird I like, like that. I like to smear them in crab paste from my hand. <laughs> Would you like to eat some from my hand now, Douglas? 
<laughs> uh, so yeah, Bobby Robson got sacked, and quite sensibly, they gave the job to Graham Sooners. <laughs> we established, we established in the last episode, has basically his time has come and gone. The modern footballer isn't. Yes, and for I tell Sunus. you, he was walking into a fucking <clears throat> hornet's nest because the whole reason that they got him to replace Bobby Robson is that Bobby Robson was presiding over the most ghastly menagerie of an unruly um, youth club, of, wasn't it? Of playboys and ne'er do wells. You got Kieran Dyer, Craig Bellamy, Titus Bramble, Lee Bowyer, Titus Bramble, and they were all up to no good the whole time. I and think there was actually at Newcastle Police Station, uh, Pilgrim Street, I think it was, there was actually a hotline just for people to ring up and report crimes that had been committed by the Newcastle United first team. So Sooness comes in, and there's a great story in Kieran Dyer's book where he's. He, he, He's, he's only recently arrived and he's put in the nick for something or other at the station you're talking about mm. and he has to put the, the police call Sooness or perhaps Kieran Dyer does and Sooness comes down straightens things out yep. says come with me he comes he gets in the car Sooness drives him back to I think his home to Kieran Dyer's home yep. in, and in stony silence said the car's really awkward pulls up and just drops him, and he's thinking, he's, he's maybe I've got away with this. I thought he was going to give me both barrels and a right bollocking all the way home. And I think I've got away with it. Just pulls up outside, and just as Kieran Dyer is about to get out of the car, Graham Sooner says, If you ever do anything like that again, I will beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> I will beat what you a up. Real threat. Yeah, not That's like I'll hit question. you. Yeah. Not like I'll fight you. I'll break I your will, legs. I will beat I'll you beat up. I'll beat you up. With my my bare hands. Yeah, and he doesn't need to... A man like Sunas doesn't need to qualify doesn't that or explain it or elaborate. No. It's just like... yeah. I mean, I can't really imagine what a beating from Sunas would be like, but It'd I know be relentless. It, it wouldn't be pretty. <laughs> He'd show no mercy. <laughs> no. Well, that's good to He'd know. He'd keep pummeling and pummeling and pummeling really calmly, wouldn't that's he, good without breaking sweat. And Mark Hughes took over from Sunas at Blackburn. He ditched the wheels job for that. Uh, into September... Wayne Rooney signed for Manchester United for £25.6 million. Pounds. Yeah. Seems like a decent Money decent well spent. Deal. Yeah, they I mean, got the value for money amazing. He just had that incredible Euros. Yeah. United didn't fuck around. They were like, this is going to be... We're having him. This is the best yeah. player of his generation. They signed him, and he was. I mean, he's an incredible fucking player that I think history will look back and think, yeah, Rooney is one of England's and the Premier League's greatest ever players. But I think the last five, six years of his career people start you know people sort of forgot about all the things he's done once he got sparked out by Phil Bardsley in his own kitchen yeah that's kind of where it went a bit tits up for Rooney I think what because you think it was like cutting off Samson's hair yeah he lost that yeah. air of invincibility yeah he knew and we knew what had we, happened because it was in the, the news of the world or whatever we knew that, that he had he had vulnerabilities we knew he was sparkable yeah, and then plus all that. What about having it off with all those elderly prozies? <laughs> yeah, I mean he couldn't stop. I don't doing think that. she was that old, you know. She was just a grandma. Oh, okay. But she was like in her forties, I think. Oh, okay. But mm. the, the, See, that's appealing mm, to milf, me. Yeah. Gilf. Sexy <laughs> but the, grandma. <laughs> but the papers made it sound like she was like seventy-five. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like Barbara did. Cartland or someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's great. I mean, I would have as well if I was having that. That's, that's a bit, just better, isn't that's it? That's a bit niche, that, isn't it? Barbara yeah. Cartland looking like prostitutes. 
<laughs> Rooney slipped to Barbara Cartland lookalike. Professional Barbara Cartland lookalike. <laughs> By day, she's a Barbara Cartland lookalike. By night, she's Wayne Rooney's she's mistress. Game. Yeah. Paid for mistress. Yeah. This is it. October. Gary Megson was assured by the West Brom chairman that he has a long-term future at West Brom. And that was Jeremy Peace. He was another Rupert Law-type character, wasn't he? He was a smooth operator. Yeah. With a mouthful of lies. Because then he sacked him a couple of weeks later. They're all sort of, there's something of the sort of 70s kind of Jerry and Margot about a lot of these old chairmen, <laughs> isn't there? Yeah. And you sort of imagine them all in their kind of homes in the commuter belt. Yeah. You know, in the home counties. Getting in from work and pouring themselves a scotch yeah. from a cut glass decanter. <laughs> <sighs> Evening, darling. Yes. Tough day at West Brom, was it? It was awful. Surrounded by those ghouls. <laughs> it's like working in a Victorian grotesquerie. Tomorrow will be even worse. It's match day when they let <laughs> the public in. <laughs> God. <laughs> I've given the job to Frank Burroughs. He wears a flat cap, so I assume he knows things about those people and their ways. <laughs> Did he really give Frank Burroughs the job? Yeah, Frank Burroughs got it as caretaker manager, Weird. and then Brian Robson took over. Oh, of course. Shortly after that. Mm. Um, as we mentioned, Jacques Santini left Spurs for personal reasons. In yeah. fact, believed to be some kind of power player, I think, involving Frank Arneson and possibly Martin Yoll. One uh, day on this podcast, we should compile 20 best ever power plays. Yeah, separate one, separate yeah. episode. Power play special. Yeah. Where we count power down play special. The tw- the, our 20 favourite power plays <laughs> yeah. of all time. From football or from life? From life. Some big, some small. Yeah. So you could have, you know... There's one or two you've pulled against me. You could have Nazi Germany <laughs> invades Austria. Power, power play. play special. on a small level, you could have... You know, I, you know, uh, I don't know. I have a sip of your water. Yeah, with you that, reach while over you're, and while take you're it. out. Yeah, and look at you in the yeah. eye and unblinking, just swig from your bottle of water. Power play special. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we'll go into football as well. Yeah, we'll do that. That'll be the next podcast we do. Power play special. It's great. Uh, Martin Yoll's first Premiership match: baptism of fire. Spurs four, Arsenal nil. Whoa. Moving on, Adrian Mutu. Did a wee bit of Charlie. Oh, no, it's just a wee bit of Charlie, but you can't be doing that when you're playing at this level. And not a Chelsea. No. So he got found out, sacked by Chelsea, banned for seven months by the FA. Um, so Rio Ferdinand got an eight-month ban for not doing a drug test. Muto got seven months for doing the actual drugs. Apparently, what happened was he was actually in the changing room at Stamford Bridge. Doing it. Yeah, and um, on the bench, and Jose Mourinho and his wife walked in, and he was just doing a line, but it was a massive line, and he'd spell out the words "mutu" in cocaine. <laughs> That's the most cocaine thing ever. And he and he looked up and he went, "Hey, boss, join the party! Sexy party time!" And uh, Mourinho, oh, Mrs. Mourinho, Ma- hello, Mourinho. She was like, he was like, "Come on, love, get involved." Come on, pussycat. Why you got such a sad face? Come and do some of Adrian Mutu's party powder. You have a fun time. I spell your name out if you like. What's your name, Carol? I know. I just write Jose's wife. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Mrs. Boss. <laughs> and, she, and I said, you cannot be doing this, Adrian Mutu. This is bad news. <laughs> and he's got, eh, come on, boss. Don't be such a sourpuss. This is why we're in this game, yeah? Yeah, yeah? <laughs> That's like my mate who got one morning, he was getting ready for it. This is years ago. And he's over his problems now, as I understand it. But he was getting ready for work and he was all hung over. And he was in the kitchen and Radio 4's Today programme was playing and the coffee was brewing. And he um, reached in his pocket to check for his, his, his wallet. And what he found was a small wrap of cocaine that had obviously been left in some old jeans that Ooh. he might have been out partying in. And in a moment of madness, it was about 7.30 in the morning, he thought to himself, oh... I might have a bit of this because I'm a bit hungover. <laughs> That'll and, sort me out. And it might sort me out Did the he day, spell his name day ahead. It? So he, he he got this cocaine out and, and made a line of it and in the kitchen leant over and started to do it. And at that moment, his wife, who he believed was in the shower, walked in. And he, he was caught the most red-handed anyone's ever been caught, red-handed. It was red-handed. He was leaning over the kitchen counter at 7.30am with a, a rolled-up note in his nose and some cocaine on the kitchen counter next to where the toaster was. And she looked at him, aghast. He looked back at her and momentarily thought, how do I talk my way out of this? Yeah. And what he did was... He snorted it and then ran past her, <laughs> ran out of the kitchen, ran out of the front door, right left the front life. door open and ran to the train station and just went to work. And then did he it's pretty pre- bad, pretend isn't it? it didn't happen when he got in? Tried to, didn't work. They're not together anymore. Yeah, and he's retired from public life. <laughs> he's retired from public life. It was a long time ago. I think he's better now. <laughs> He issued um, a statement later that evening, <laughs> the which he apologised to yeah. everyone. Yeah. Jalapeño. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Jalapeño. Uh, so yeah, at Southampton, the Steve Wigley experiment ended, and Harry Redknapp came in. Rupert Law decided to go back with something ugly again. <laughs> um, Redknapp had increasingly got the hump at Portsmouth, even though he'd done well for a two and a half years there. I think it was. Uh, Portsmouth then gave the job to the executive director, a man called Velimir Zajec. Do you have any recollection None whatsoever at all. None of this at all. period? No, neither have I. I've just got three question marks on my notes here. So fuck knows what that was about. It got to the end of the year. Chelsea were five points clear on 49 from Arsenal, 44. Manchester United and Everton on 40. Middlesbrough in fifth place on 35. Steve Mm. McLaren's Middlesbrough. Mm, Saucy. Uh, Down at the bottom, West Brom, 11 points. Rock bottom there. Southampton on 14 in big trouble. Norwich, Crystal Palace both on 15. Into 2005... 
Liverpool signed Fernando Morientes from Real Madrid for £6.3 million. That doesn't seem like a lot for such a good player. No, but I mean, then, he was a real star, wasn't, it wasn't he? At Madrid, yeah, but it wasn't very good at Liverpool. So no. yeah, you get what you pay for, I suppose. Um, what else have we got? Bolton won Arsenal nil. Arsenal fell 10 points behind Chelsea at the top. And Arsenal, since that unbeaten run ended, it, it kind of gone a bit sour. And I think that was the beginning of the end. Like we said, once the Invincibles season finished, once that unbeaten run was over... It's been all downhill ever since. All downhill for 14 years or something years. now. This is it! February. Arsenal 2, Manchester United 4. That match with the spat in the tunnel before the kickoff between Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira. I don't remember much about the match. What the fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs> what the... What... What are you talking about? You, you can't be acting like that towards we Gary Neville. I'd fucking see you out there, you French cunt. He didn't say French cunt. But it's great. It's just basically a blizzard of mad, sort of disgruntled indignancy yeah. from. And, and, and fear is frustratingly Gallic about the other. I don't know what to say. I never saw a thing. I'm very I'm confused by all of this. I am, a, in between I am a man who likes to make love. I am not a man who wants to make war with you. Yeah, make, you're making make... war with me now. You're talking to my teammates like that. No, no, I'm making love right now with a ghost. You yeah. just cannot see her. In France, oh, is it him? We, oh. we have sex with the spirit world all the time. I'm doing it right now. Can you not hear the sound but of Todd Grip's accordion? Fuck. Fuck you and your fucking ghost. I've got no fucking desire to be having sex with a ghost right now. Grim, Grim Paul, get him to shut his fucking mouth now. Get him to shut his fucking mouth. <laughs> I'll see you out there. i see you out there. You and your fucking ghost, you fucking pervert. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And it, it, it was quite tasty during the match as well. They, they both got into each other. Um, and Man United won it 4-2. Cristiano Ronaldo got a couple of goals in the second half. We're not bothered by that. No. That's football. We're not yeah. fucking asked about Shit. football. D- David Prutton. We interviewed David Prutton on TalkSport a few weeks ago. Yeah. Lovely fella. Nice Erudite, well-spoken, intelligent. He got sent sort off. Sort of guy Rupert Lowe would have liked. Well, very much so. Well, he was at Southampton and he got sent off and got a 10-match ban for raging at the referee. I haven't written down who it was against. It's not important. Mm. But Just the um, rage red just card. Just the rage. He got the red card for two yellers, and then he raged against the referee. There was no physical contact, and he got a 10-match ban. De Canio got an eight-match ban for pushing over... Was it Paul Durkin? One uh, of them. No, Alcock. Paul Alcock, exactly. So uh, Terry's Alcock. <laughs> so Prutton was unfairly punished there, I reckon. Norwich versus Manchester City. A night match, and Delia Smith was in the crowd, of course, being the chairperson of Norwich City as she was at the yeah. time. And um, two-two at halftime, and Delia took it upon herself to storm the pitch. A clearly drunk Delia mm. Smith, had been enjoying the corporate hospitality. Let's just have a listen to this. A message for the best football supporters in the world. <laughs> <laughs> It really makes you shudder, doesn't it? it? Absolutely hammered. The best possible supporters in the world. (laughs) You're my best fucking mates, you really are. To be honest, I mean, it's a bit... 
I mean, it stretches credulity, doesn't it, to describe... I mean, Norwich's fans as the best in the world anyway. I mean, you'd have to be pissed to make that claim in well, the first exactly. place. exactly, yeah. So, um... That's behaving you. It's a shame, wasn't it? My son, who's 10, regularly quotes that clip. Does he? Because it's become a meme on, it? on the YouTubers. Ah. Like, these YouTubers will drop in little clips of bits of footage and they become yeah. memes, and that's one of them. Let's be so having he's, he's Where are you? Constantly walking around the house going, let's be having that's you. Great. I'm glad Where it lives you? on, brother, because <clears throat> it is a bit of a hashtag never forget, yeah. isn't it? He doesn't know the context, but... Um, I don't know whether I... I sort of pity her, but at the same time, I admire her. I mean, looking mm. back now, you sort of think, yeah, go on, Delia. Because we all thought she was really prim and proper when she was on Saturday Superstore. Yeah, and cooking, she's, she's fucking, fucking pissed off her nut. And that. She's yeah. pissed off her nut, and she's gone, do you know on. what? Fuck this. I'm <laughs> getting on a fucking pitch. I'll be charging this club. Yeah, and they're going, Delia, no. And she's going, I am fucking clean. My fucking club, my fucking what, rules. You see these? These are the keys. <laughs> Keys to cow away now. Give me that microphone. Give me a fucking mic. It's time fucking Auntie Delia took control. Some words of wisdom. <laughs> and um, Manchester City won 3-2 with an injury time winner. It's unknown if Delia Smith was still conscious mm. at that point. This, this is it. Into March, Kevin Keegan walked out of Manchester City. I just think at this level, I haven't, I haven't got yeah, it. That, that speech again, yeah. I've took this club as far as I can. I'm a bit bored now. I love it uh, to pieces, but for me, I've run now, out of players to buy. It's time I handed the reins over to Stuart Pearce. <laughs> that's what he did. He's got a heart as big as his body, and that's not big, but his heart's bigger. I think someone had reminded him about that, and he'd kind of. Yeah, it's time to go. You've got no understanding of the human anatomy. Yeah, but he'll be back. He's Kevin Keegan. He'll make a dramatic comeback somewhere else. We're not going to see a where because we don't do spoilers. I'd like it if Kevin Keegan became the West Ham manager. Would you? Yeah, because now I'm at the stage of West Ham, we're always shit either way, so you yeah. might as once in a while have someone who's a bit of a laugh. A showman. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Keegan in. I've always loved this club. It's a proper club. Yeah. Do you know where you are, Kevin? No. <laughs> but wherever it is, I love it. This is where I want to be. Yeah. Charlton won West Bromwich Albion 4. West Brom trying to get out of the relegation zone with Brian Robson in charge. Robert Earnshaw scored a hat-trick in that match. Celebrated his third goal with a front flip yeah. stroke mock machine gun massacre celebration. That's not nice. Do you remember it? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like, the flip, fine, great. Yeah. Oh, then, hang whoa, on a minute. Gun out. Not in the current climate. the fucking AK-47 We're, we're post-9-11. I think there'd been that machine gun massacre in Mumbai by this stage. Probably. Earnshaw didn't care. Couldn't give a fuck. Definitely wouldn't happen now. Simpler times, though, wasn't it? Yeah. But you know that um, Raheem Sterling has the machine gun tattooed is it his leg on his leg yeah yeah and people said that if he scored in the World Cup wouldn't it have been marvellous if one of his teammates had run up grabbed his leg pointed it at the crowd and made crowd. that machine gun noise that, you that just would made. have been good mm. <laughs> no not a laser gun I'm sorry Rupert used to be Lowe. a laugh play Rupert Law has a laser gun did you know that no Bring, fetch me my laser. He's got a sort of a Smithers type figure that I'm picturing. Rupert I don't know Lowe's. what his name is. Rupert Lowe's got a sort of a mm. uh, a lackey, a lick spittle. Yeah. I don't know what his name is. Badger, probably, something okay. like that. Fetch a- me my laser. April. 
Newcastle United versus Aston Villa. Again, I don't have the final result because it's not important. What was important is that Kieran Dyer and Lee Boyer had a fight on the pitch. Great stuff. A proper fight. A brilliant fight. Mm. There was holding, there was grappling, there was punching. Yeah. The front of Boyer's shirt got ripped. They both got sent off. And there's there's, there's footage of Sooners on the touchline looking really stone-faced. But you know, he's, just, he's thinking, mm. yeah, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want. <laughs> this is what it's all about. My entire career has been leading up to this fucking moment. Let them fight. Two no ref. No ref. Leave them. This has to be settled tonight. Mano. E mano. <laughs> like Begbie in that scene when he goes, Someone glass this wee lassie and nay cunt leaves it until I found out who did it. <laughs> he wanted to get on the mic and announce that to the stadium. Yeah. I've locked the doors and none of you cunts are leaving till one of these two fuckers is dead. <laughs> They're not allowed to leave the centre circle. Get on with it. <laughs> Strip off. Has <laughs> that have happened to you? I had a fight at school once and I might have even told you before, it was in the middle of a football match and we started fighting and... Uh, and uh, I wanted it to be split up because you don't really want to become one the centre of attention yeah. where everyone gathers around and starts shouting fight, fight, fight and luckily some mates interfered and, and pulled us apart but then Alan yeah. Hendricks the hardest kid in the school came over and grabbed the guys who were putting us apart and threw them over and said let them fight <laughs> and then we were both under like loads of pressure to fight because it was like death. this really hard guy was saying you now have to fight you started this and you need to finish it and I'm thinking if I don't and I say actually I'm alright I don't yeah. fancy fight then I'll have to fight him yeah. which will be a much harder challenge Hendrix decides when this is over yeah exactly it was awful <laughs> he, speaks, he speaks about himself in the third person as well yeah. Hendrix is deciding when this is over fight you cunts Hendrix was a man child sort of character who you know was like when we were in the first year in the changing rooms he's like fully adult six pack massive biceps yeah. fully pubic yeah right and um, and I was by the time I was about 16 we were allowed as fifth years to wear what we wanted for PE you oh. didn't have to wear standard thing yeah and because, as you, as you pointed out many times, I'm an attention-seeking baby, yeah. I decided baby to u- use that as a means of wearing trendy clothing. Trendy, <laughs> s- trendy sportswear that was more akin to sort of skateboarding <laughs> than it was to play in five-a-side just football. just like Kevin the Teenager. Yeah, and I wasn't even... The trainers weren't even football trainers. They were like cool trainers yeah. that I thought were like, you know, big fat 90s trainers with yeah. big tongues. Like air shit. Yeah, yeah. Night, springs in the heels. Night cunt max. And I've, and anyway, in the warm-up for five-a-side... He gets on my fucking tits him, him it, on the screen there. Well, I'm not <laughs> going to name him. I'm not going to name who it is, but yeah, I know. I sort of agree, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, um... We're uh, we're kicking the we're warming up before the the game and it was on a Friday afternoon and we you could play whatever sport you wanted if you're in the fifth year and I'm playing five aside with a bunch of the blokes and on the next pitch along on the all weather pitch is a bunch of girls from the same year who are all good mates of mine some you know a couple of whom have been ex girlfriends many of whom I want to be future girlfriends <laughs> and um, basically I fancy all of them you know I fancy all the girls in my whole yeah. year obviously and. I'm warming up 
before the game starts. The PE teacher hasn't, Mr. Killick hasn't come out yet to sort of referee. So we're warming up. And I find myself warming up in front of goal with Alan Hendricks, who obviously, as well as being the hardest in the school, was also the best at football. Right. And I've never really got to know Hendricks that well. But we're warming up. My mate Lawrence is in goal. And me and Alan are sort of taking shots at Lawrence. And it's kind of cool and we're sort of chatting and I'm sort of thinking, yeah, me and Alan Hendricks are basically best mates. This is great. Um, but he's really good at football and I'm pretty shit. Uh, but it's been going all right and I get overconfident and I <laughs> smash a half volley and it goes not only over the goal, it goes over the fence and into the street outside of the school. Right. And Alan Hendricks has gone from being quite matey and making me feel like maybe we were on a level to mm. immediately go in you stupid fucking prick go and get the ball <laughs> and I went uh okay and I go to run round off the pitch out of the school gates and round to the street outside and he goes where are you fucking going climb over we haven't got fucking time for you to do that so I go oh okay and I look at this fucking fence. I'm in these stupid baggy fucking skateboarding shorts, a stupid fucking Manchester t-shirt, and the trainers. And the, and the, I'm not joking. The fence is like fucking twenty foot high. So I climb up this fucking fence, right? And I'm shitting it, thinking I'm gonna fucking fall here. And I get to the top of the fence, and I swing one leg over to the other side. So I'm yeah. perched at this stage on top of the fence, yeah. right, straddling it. And I try to swing the other leg, and it won't move. And I realised the reason it won't move is that my silly baggy shorts, shorts have got fucking stuck onto a bit of the wire fencing, right? And I ca- and every time I try to put like release a hand from the fence to put it, I I wobble like I'm going to go, I'm going to fall, <laughs> so I completely freeze up and shit it. And Alan Hendricks is shouting, "What the fuck are you doing up there? Go and get the fucking ball!" And I'm like genuinely really scared of the bloke, and he's really losing his rag. You stupid fucking cunt. <laughs> And then Mr. Killick comes over and I think, thank God Mr. Killick's here because he'll probably stop Alan from bullying me and just get another ball. Yeah. But of course he doesn't. He fucking loves Alan Hendricks. Killick's come and go, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> and I go, and he goes, fucking prick, kick the ball over. And now he's stuck at the top of the fence. And Killick's gone, you fucking idiot, Sam. What are you fucking doing? Climb over and get the ball. <laughs> By this stage, everyone's watching. So all the lads on the football pitch come over, but all the girls playing netball have stopped and looked as well. Where's well, an attention got, seeker? You'd have loved this. Oh, it was awful. And I, I've got two bullies bullying me. One's the PE teacher, the other kid's the hardest kid in the school. And they're sort of mates. Yeah, and I've there's, gone, an, there's an agreement there, isn't it? Was there? An there's agreement. an agreement, yeah. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, sir. I can't swing my leg over. He goes, well, that fucking says you're up for wearing that fucking stupid outfit. <laughs> And I'm going, I know, I'm sorry, right? And I'm going, someone's got to climb up and unhook me, sir. And he's going, no one's fucking climbing up there. We haven't got time for this. Go and get another ball. So someone runs off, gets another ball, and they just start the game without me. And I'm going to my mate Lawrence, mate, climb up and unhook me. And he's like ignoring me because by that stage it's sort of like you're tainted by association with me because yeah. I've become such a, a pariah figure. A fucking liability. So I'm a fucking liability. So I'm not joking. The game starts. I'm on top of the fence, miles above the game. The netball game's going on next to me, right? And the PE teacher's just gone, leave him. Fucking leave him there. It's his problem. Let him get out of it. And I sit there for an hour, right? And it's getting darker. And the sun's going down and I am on top of this fucking fence watching the game that I should be playing in with my silly fucking outfit, the 
The girls are playing netball. They keep stopping and going, are you all right? And I'm trying to make out to them I'm up there by choice. I'm going, yeah, I'm fine. Just watching the game. <laughs> and in the end, the game's over. Mr. Killett makes no fucking attempt to rescue me. They all just leave. All my mates, everyone, they just fucking leave the pitch. The girls are <laughs> laughing and pointing. They leave the pitch. I can see them all change going home. And in the end, my mate Joe Challens, come, who was also involved in the Matthew Judkins incident, he... he <laughs> good bloke as he is comes out climbs up the fence unhooks me which was a weird fucking process anyway because it was right by my groin so he's climbed up a fence he was a good climber and he's sort of like using his skills which were far superior to mine to sort of hold onto the fence with one hand and unhook my shorts from the groin area with the other and then slowly get me down like I was basically an old woman being rescued by a younger man yeah it was it was awful it was fucking awful I don't know how we got uh, into that story, but it was a bad thing. Uh, um, Chelsea won the league. Crystal Palace, Norwich and Southampton were relegated. That's 2004-2005. This has been Top Flight Time Machine. Tune in for the next one soon. Ta-da. Bye-bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.